And there's so many aspects of this, isn't there? You know, they're offering this, offering that. And you got to know what's available. One of the the panaceas that it seems, well, not a total panacea, but one of the solutions to the children staying at home and the students away from the schools is that it's a chance to dip a little bit more into e-learning. Well, is it a solution or does it create a challenge for some? Joining me is Behan Farhadi, who's a PhD in e-learning and has strong opinions about forcing students to go online at this time. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I didn't know you could get a PhD in e-learning, sign of the times. It's, it's not in e-learning. Uh, it's actually in geography where my focus was on e-learning. Ah, okay. Well, we're going to treat you like you're an expert on e-learning here today. You know, it has been seen, as I just said, as a great solution and a great way to continue education. Some people think it's the future of education. But what are you seeing as the problem here as we look to it during this virus as the kids are home? For sure. So uh, one of the uh, revelations in the last week, as schools are starting to survey their teachers uh, with regards to whether they're already online, is that most teachers have already some form of engagement with students online. So the future has long been here. I think the question is whether we're going to continue putting pressure on students, many of whom might be working um, in essential services right now, many of whom have parents working on the front lines, many of whom uh, find it very difficult to find a place to work. Um, And then, of course, there's the question of access to technology. I know in the Toronto District School Board, we have about 22,000 students who don't have an email address in the board, which means they can't access some of the core resources that they need. So it's less to me about accessing something online and more about what are we expecting students to do with it. And if it means that we're asking them to submit assignments for a grade, it's a problem. If it's an opportunity for teachers to communicate with students, that's fantastic. So what you're saying is, you know, there can be an exchange of ideas, a continuation of learning, but judgment on what you've accomplished right now might be a stress. Absolutely. And it's it's unrealistic um, at, at a moment where we're in a state of emergency to expect that all students will be able to sh- demonstrate their learning uh, in the same way that they would face to face. All right. Uh, how is that being enacted right now? I mean, are some of these e-learning courses, are, are people going to get credits for them? Is there a way to be get some kind of recognition for this officially? So is that pressure a real thing or is it just something that's suggested? I think we are in a state where uh, because of the short timelines, school boards are trying to figure this out as quickly as possible. I have two children in the Toronto District School Board. I also teach for the board. So I'm sort of in the middle where I'm trying to anticipate Mm -hmm. uh, what it might look like for my kids. Um, And then also trying to uh, ensure that I'm already connecting to students, but I'm waiting on the direction of the board with regards to what we should be asking them to do. I I would like to go the way of other provinces such as Saskatchewan, who who have said that learning will continue, that teachers will continue to, to sort of mediate opportunities, but that the grade will be based on the most recent and consistent Um, uh, on the students' most recent and consistent work, and then that will be the grade they receive. 
if they want to continue to try to improve it, they can, but that that their grade won't be dependent upon work that they're going to do um, at this time. All right, let me ask you, and, and, you know, of course, this was part of the recent teacher strike negotiations. How much of this is about the student, and how much is this about teachers trying to protect themselves? Uh, that's a interesting question. Okay. I, I don't think that there's any teacher that I've, I've been in contact with who has um, said that we shouldn't be providing online learning opportunities for students. I think one of the false narratives in the contract negotiations or the representation of it is that teachers are really sort of not interested in teaching online. Uh, what we've long been saying is look at what we're already doing before you force all students in Ontario to have to isolate themselves online. Please allow teachers who are already using digital technology uh, in their classrooms to, to continue to do so without having to remove us from that equation. So I think it's less a matter of us trying to um, sort of protect ourselves as much as it is um, trying to call attention to the good work we're already doing and to have that be part of that conversation. So are you saying, I mean, this uh, the COVID virus has kind of amplified some things that were issues that came up in those recent negotiations? I think that it's, I've, I've always sort of um, cautioned against moving students entirely online. Right now, we only have 5% of students engaging in full credit e-learning. Um, but many, many teachers are already using them as part, using modules as part of their face-to-face instruction. My students, all of my classes, all five of my classes have been uh, accessing online tools in the in the classroom um, as part of their learning. So I think that um, the challenge is going to be, you know, we can get students the technology, we can can get them online, but what I have observed in my study um, of the program in the Toronto District School Board is it's one thing to get them online and another thing to get them engaged. And what we saw is that there's, you know, such such a significant drop in levels of engagement, even though there might be access to a computer or access to a connection. All right. Let me ask you one of the things that's come up, and we've been just talking to everyone. We were just talking about the grocery industry. People are looking in the future saying, okay, are people going to feel safer? Are more people going to buy their groceries online? And e-learning does seem that if that e-learning was already up and running and we had courses, that students may not miss a beat and especially if all students had access to the internet and we made sure that all students were on a level playing field there. Is this a moment maybe where we see the importance of e-learning or an opportunity? So despite my criticism of the mandatory e-learning program, I'm I'm a very enthusiastic proponent of Mm -hmm. uh, engaging online. So my students have since September, all 110 of them, been in the online classroom. They've been trained to log in on a regular basis. To give you an example of what my concerns are, I have asked all of my students to log in and complete a survey um, assessing their access. Almost all of my students, 90% of them, have access uh, that completed the survey. And that's only half of my students completed the survey. Uh, Half of those don't have a quiet place to learn, even though they are able to access the computer and they're able to access the internet. And some of the concerns that they outlined in the comment section was 
being able to focus. Some of them have exceptionality, such as ADHD. Mm-hmm. They might require face-to-face support. I mean, I guess when, when, I'm, when we're talking about the kind of promise of e-learning, I, I always sort of ask us, who, are, who do we have in mind? Do we so have- it's not a big general thing. It would, it would be all. more specific. Uh, in, what, in, in the sense of who succeeds? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're trying to figure out what's going to hang in, what's going to stay. And I think a lot of parents are finding a pressure. Certainly the parents are at home with e-learning. A lot of them have been telling us they can't do it and everything else. Uh, Behan Farhadi, thank you for joining us with your expertise. My pleasure. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you. We appreciate it. Behan Farnani has... uh, a lot to do with e-learning, and she has a PhD, although not in e-learning, although you can see that she has been very involved in this, and it's a big question, isn't it? You know, is it a threat to teachers? Is it a boon to students? But right now, it's not available to everyone, so how do we move forward? We are still going to go down a few more roads, and one of them is the help that health workers need, mental health workers. We just had a guest, a doctor who joined us earlier on the show, and clearly her stories, they were for me, uh, really poignant because you can imagine, I could imagine her her patients. I could see them, and they were you know, probably friends or people in my family or people I knew, or as she said, you and I one day. And these healthcare workers, we're seeing them in our city, we're seeing them across our country, we're seeing them in other countries. But we're seeing their emotion and their devotion here. And it's, it's a tough one. These people are committed, they take the Hippocratic Oath. And there's been a lot of offering an organization now for mental health for people. And now hundreds of mental health workers are offering free therapy to Ontario's frontline workers, health workers, geez, frontline workers, now grocery store workers. We all need we all need a bit of a, a shrink after this. I'm Arlene Bynum. We're going to explore that in just a moment. Let's check the drive home chopper traffic with Richard Martin. Richard. Well, Arlene, good news for the gardener. Westbound approaching York Street. We had a stalled vehicle for a little while blocking the right lane. It's been cleared away, and already the uh, delays that we were seeing in the area there have already improved. There's new maintenance on the go now for the 404. Northbound at Highway 7, maintenance crews are working in the left lane. And good news, in-town problems on the go at Burnham Thorpe in the West Mall and South Kingsway south of Bloor have cleared away. Pizza Pizza is now offering free delivery. Order online or on the Pizza Pizza app and use promo code DELIVERY. Plus, you can request safe contactless delivery. Only at Pizza Pizza. I'm Richard Martin with Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, Chopper Traffic.